Welcome to our new podcast series called In the Mix. I am Wynn Darden. I'm the business manager for the Lumiflon FEVE fluoropolymer resins. The podcasts are all about choosing the right coating solutions where we discuss with industry experts what influences their decision-making processes when it comes to specifying and using coatings. We'll delve into how experts develop their strategic planning approach to current structural and future market demands. In this episode, we'll talk with Bob Ruff for Alltech Coatings in Romeoville, Illinois. Uh, Alltech is a coating and restoration contractor with more than 20 years of experience applying FEVE coatings. They've done work around the Americas from Brazil to the Caribbean to the U.S. We'll talk to Bob today on Alltech's role in the process from coating specification to application and the unique challenges they face. Welcome, Bob. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Oh, for sure, Wynn. It's a uh... It's a pleasure to be here and happy to talk about paint. That's what I like to do. I am a technical director here at Alltech, and um, Alltech has been installing high-performance high floor polymers for over 20 years. I started back in 1995, though, and been putting on FEVE ever since. So I've, I've got a, a long reputation in the industry, applicating, uh, applying coatings to various substrates from high-rise buildings, architectural finishes. Uh, window mullions, curtain wall systems, even metal roofs. Uh, Bob, we typically are talking to uh, to uh, architects, specifiers, and coating manufacturers. Uh, you're the first contractor that we've talked to. So uh, what's your your role in the process? We know you apply the, uh, the coatings uh, once they've been specified and, and, uh, and manufactured. Uh, how are, how are you involved in the in the overall process of uh you know from beginning to end of that of that uh decision to use a particular type of coating yeah i'm in the decision making process when it comes to the high performance floor polymers you know it's it's not your typical halls and walls type of paint uh paint has been applied for many many years it's it's being worked on efficiently effectively and and they're able to get the most out of those coatings being the floor polymer uh, it's a little bit of a unique animal they there's long-term warranty obligations. There's the touting of long-term color and gloss retention and abrasion resistance, but none of that is any good if we don't have the right application. And, and we recognize that right away. There's a uniqueness to the product. And, and I have found out that the best means to consider the long-term warranty is to know as much as possible. And, and that means relationships with someone like yourself, Win, a manufacturer of the, the resins. Also, the relationship with the manufacturers, but I also like to get that that relationship with the owner or the general contractor. They put a lot of effort into writing the specification, making sure that they're maximizing their solution. They, they strategize a solution that means long-term color and gloss. They're trying to make a building look like its original finish, even better than the original finish. And there's no reason it can't be done with a floor polymer except the application. And the application is not unsurmountable, but it is unique in a way that they really have to pay attention to the specification, the process, the, you know, what the uniqueness or the nuances of that product really has. And as long as they capture that right away, and, and that's what I do, is I, I try to strategize the best solution or best means and methods. And it's a thin film coating that when I look at a job, my goal, and I also, I pound this into the applicators' heads as well. We all need to see the end of the job as soon as possible. 
And that's that happens when we start talking about the job. We see the blueprints. We see the specifications. We're starting to put a picture together in our head that says this is how the job's going to look like at in the end. Now, how are we going to get there? And I've, I've seen I've seen all kinds of painters try the products. Um, I've seen some that employ individuals uh, tank painting. Uh, I used to hire a lot from the offshore industry and, and real industrial type of applicators. And being that it's a two component product, typically comes with an epoxy primer. It's a fantastic way to launch it. However, um, it's got some nuances that in, in the tank world, sometimes they you know runs runs keep rust away. That's not the, the goal here with floor polymer when we're putting it on one and a half to two and a half mils dry, it's more of an aesthetic you want to wear evenly over the next 20 years, even 30 years. And that comes from strategizing our means and methods, the right applicators, giving them the right information so they can succeed, helping them see the end of the job from the very beginning, because then all the little steps will start falling into place right. and we start having that conversation. Okay. Yeah, I can imagine uh, there's a lot of a lot of detail in what you guys are doing uh, uh, with that. So you're you're uh, you've got to fit into the schedule of the general contractor and the overall project, right? Absolutely. You know, the, typically when the work that so we do two different types of work, and one is direct to owner, and most of our work has, especially recently since COVID, we work mainly with the general contractor architect following the specifications. And if I see something that's askew that I can either, uh, maybe it's a problem, maybe it's a concern, maybe it's something to enhance what they're already bought. It's my obligation as a professional to bring that up to the general contractor. Um, they're usually very impressed that we know so much about a coating that we've got over 30 something years experience with the finish. And we strategize the best solution. So by looking at a job, we can see some of the challenges right away is is the product a good niche is it is it right for this job it comes to mind right away and we start strategizing how we put all those steps together a lot has to be done with ambient conditions or the service area that we're working in if it's an interior atrium and you're working with other trades and with odors and vocs and it can all be done but it needs to be strategized the right way and Often too many times we see a specification with, hey, this is a great product, let's use it. And some of that thought process, processes were not put into consideration. And we work hard to very, in the very beginning, as we review specs, uh, my team, uh, we have many project managers and, and uh, estimators, and they bring it to my attention whenever they see an FEVE. And we talk about the right solution because we know so much that can be a detriment when you come to pricing because somebody else may look at it as, oh, it's an epoxy, urethane like coating might be a little more expensive. They don't look at it in the same way. So at that point, we do a lot to educate the person that we're bidding the work to, whether it's the owner, general contractor, okay. uh, or even architect. So we, we have an open dialogue and it really helps illustrate our abilities from the very beginning. We, we see a lot of things that they never saw, um, but more importantly, it complements what they're trying to achieve as a long-term fix. And we're, we're picking on all the little little tricks of the trade to make sure we get it done properly. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting to me because uh, I think a lot of people think that, the, that you guys come in at the end of the process 
and that, you know, you're going to do surface preparation and, and then uh, apply the coating. But you guys are involved uh, with the whole process of, of, uh, of uh, making sure that the coating is right for the uh, particular application they've done. Um, do you guys, uh, if you get a process that they, uh, uh, a project where they just want to look at a polyurethane, do you get in there and try to say, I think a fluoropolymer would be better for this, uh, for this application? Here's why. I certainly would bring that up. I, I don't stick my nose into places they don't want them to be. So if the intentions of the job, say it's an interior application on, on window frames, um, you know, I, I will stick my nose in at that point and, and let them know that, you know, a urethane's a, a good product, but the UV degradation on an interior application is not that dramatic, is not that difficult. So do we really need a, a floor polymer system in the interior application? And not to not to sell down on the product, but both of them are going to have a lot of fumes. Both of them, and, and sometimes it's the other way. If you're already putting a urethane on the inside, why not go with a product that has a long-term warranty that has more abrasion resistance in the in the floor polymer? It, it, the labor is going to be the same price, but the material cost is slightly elevated. But they get what they pay for. There is a long-term durability expectation that is. Fantastic. Uh, like I said, I've, I've been using it since the 90s. And the first year or two was a little bit difficult on us because we were trying to figure it out. We were metal painters, but um, we, we eventually got to that point. And, and you know, it's not difficult, but like anything, we want to be the best at what we do. It takes a little bit of time. And to understand some of the nuances, we, we, we capitalize on that. We learn from it. And next time we're going to bring everybody into the envelope. It also helps us if we're, if we're talking about a floor polymer, we want everybody to know the cost factor that's involved. We want to, we want to continue beating the, the drum that this is a high performance coating. It's, it's a little bit higher. Labor is the same cost, but it's a fantastic system that's going to give you the durability and, and meet those strategies that you want. If you don't want that, then we, we default to a good, better, best scenario you know, where there's a, there are acrylics, there are urethanes, but there's floor polymers. And, um, your approach, uh, as opposed to other contractors, what are you what are you guys doing that, that may be unique to you that uh, you offer the value that uh, other contractors can't give? Well, I believe our experience is by far uh, better. Um, we have 150 applicators here at Alltech, and we continue to thrive on being the best. And by having a technical director in a in a painting shop, that's a huge step, and, and that's very much different from from a lot of competition that we may see in Chicagoland and, and more so in rural areas. But, you know, what's, what's different from us is we have the background using it. We've understood some of the nuances, but we're able to take all those and apply them. By having it myself, there's a cent central point and nowhere else in our industry is there one person that does only the floor polymer work. So that if anybody else needs a floor polymer job, we're bidding an exorbitant amount of projects. If it comes up, it comes to me. So what's unique is that one person handles it and, and or one team handles it. You know, I have certain applicators that have traits of production. There's some that have traits with metallics and some others that can deal. So we're able to pick those unique people, the unique situation and put them in at the right place. You know, this is this is not something that you can just willy nilly put on and, and eight mils later hope for the best. This is something that's going to be looked at. And I, I'm proud to say, because I've been around since 95 on, on floor polymers alone, I've been painting since 82. Um, <laughs> but 
we, we figured out the nuances enough that we've made a heck of a career and, and um, we're able to figure more of that out. Um, do, do your, uh, when you, when you use a particular company's coatings, do you guys get certified as an applicator uh, of fluoropolymer coatings? Is that something you go through or? We do. We have, yeah, that's, that's certain, certainly a way that manufacturers help elevate the game to help identify to any contractor, painting contractor, there's nobody that can't do this, but it helps them elevate. This requires special attention. We're given a long-term warranty. Paint really doesn't fail because of the product. You know, there's been long-term historical data that says three to 5% of the time, it might be bad paint. And I think that's very generous. It's usually 1% of the time. You don't get bad batches. There's a ton of QC. We need to be able to do the same thing. Now, the rest of the responsibility falls on scope of work and workmanship. And they're about equal, you know, 49 to 47% each. And, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big deal that we have to make sure that we're doing it the right way. Um, give, give me some examples of some of the, uh, the types of uh, structures that you guys have uh, used the fluoropolymer on. It's a great question, Wynn. Yeah, all these years, there's been a lot of a lot of cool jobs, a lot of interesting jobs. Um, we've used it. We've we've put it on the the Statue of Liberty new historical center where they had some anodized uh, conditions that, when they installed the, their window mullions that were thirty foot tall, when they installed the mullions, they they got some they they endured some damage to them and they needed to be touched up in the field. And they were medium bronze, metallic, very, very hard to match. Uh, we have found the, the floor polymers, the FEVEs, have a great pigment to binder ratio that we don't get a lot of metallic flop. And because, because of that, we're, we use a lot of the floor polymer metallics so that we have an easier time going from one curtain wall panel to the next curtain wall panel and making a consistent appearance rather than a checkerboard appearance because metallic flop has been very difficult. But, you know, aside from that, I, boy, I, I wasn't ready for that question. I, I hate to brag on my own self, but we've. Well, that's, that's what this is about, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know you, I know you guys did a project down in Brazil because uh, we were, uh, we were part of that. I think at, at our, uh, at our parent company's glass plant down there. Um, and I understand that was quite an adventure for uh, for the crew down there. It, it really was. You know, one of the one of the early on jobs that really I, so we, one of the manufacturers we use currently bought the technology that we had used in the '90s from a different manufacturer. Come 2001, we started really playing with it a lot, and we did the Bill Clinton Library down in Little Rock, Arkansas. Just a just a beautiful building. It, you know, it was white, so it didn't require a lot of color and gloss retention concerns. But it was also a presidential library with a lot of glass curtain walls around it, surrounding it. It was cantilevered out over a, a river. So during new construction, the the general contractor owner actually came to us uh, based on a referral from the paint manufacturer and said, "You guys use more than this than anybody else. What would you?" want to see on this job and we we helped strategize and we helped to uh, prepare the quotation to where they had they ended up putting all the new steel in but it was shot shot blasted sandblasted and shot primed and they put it in the fluoropolymer primer that the polyamide epoxy i liked 
so that when I got out to the field and uh, union job and trying to get out to the field and, and uh, put the paint on, we had a good starting point. So that one worked seamlessly and I can still go back to it now and it looks like brand new. And we have a lot of that, you know, a lot of roofs. Uh, we did a, a roof down in the Cayman Islands and it, it was a fantastic job that we used the floor polymer on. And it was a, it was a job that they, they had a hurricane damage. It tore off some of the metal architectural panels. They put new ones up just to make it get by and, and I have a dry roof on top of it. But now instead of replacing all the, the steel, they wanted to have it painted. And we did. And, you know, the conditions down there, wouldn't think it would be great. It's a, it's a vacation, but the conditions are unique. You know, we've, uh, we had a lot of rain. We had a, almost too much sun. Uh, we've, I did a job in uh, Hana, Hawaii, um, on Maui that it was a rainforest, 240 inches of rain a year. And we were able to put this on a executive film producer's home that really wanted that long-term color and gloss retention. And we're, we're happy to say that uh, I haven't retired yet and <laughs> all these jobs are coming to age and, and they're, they look fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Do you, so you guys go back and look at projects and you, do you, do you guys do that or? We do um, okay. not anything systematic because yeah, there's, yeah. there's a, there's a person that's in charge of the team. Uh, when I get down to Raleigh, North Carolina, I'll look at the big bank building we did. I'll, I'll look at everything in that area because I do recommend the product a lot and, and I want to make sure that I'm recommending the right system. And um, we use various manufacturers of the floor polymers and, you know, I, I wouldn't say that one's over better than the other as far as application characteristics, but what I want to make sure is do they weather the same and the two that we use, they do, you know, they and they use the same type of resin and, and they weather extremely well. Part of that, it has to be applied well. I, I, I firmly believe that the in the good, better, best scenario, the, the good, the acrylic systems show a degradation early on. And if it's not applied, say, at one mil and it's applied at eight mils on some areas and other, other areas, that deviation will weather in an erratic pattern that shows that it was obviously painted and, and there's a tremendous failure. So to put this coating on and to make sure it's, it's not only to make sure the product's working well, it's making sure that our means and methods are working well because applicators are not robots. And if they're putting, if they're applying 15,000 square feet in a day, that's a, a extraordinary amount. We need to make sure that they're doing it properly. So yeah, we keep a lot of checks and balances in place because of the value of it and the long-term projections of what, uh, what that's going to do for a structure. Okay. Um, Bob, any other things that we should cover with you guys that uh, that uh, would be of interest to the architects? I think it's worth touching base on the role of specs in our industry and how profound they can be. A lot of times we see boilerplates, and a lot of times they're not very well thought out. And and Alltech and and your all your premier contractors they they look at specifications, processes, group of architects, building owners they wrote these for a reason. They, they want to see the outcome. They might not have, might not know the means and methods. So we do a lot talking to them about it. We, we do testing, we do mock-ups. Um, we treat the specification as a gospel. And if it's not right, there's no fudging it. We need to have that conversation. We sit down, we talk it through. And there's some architects that don't want to hear it, but if you come across as, we want this to work for both of us. 
that the specification is what we want to lean on, but we need to do it this way and we need to add this to the specification. It goes a long way. Yeah, the uh, I think what, what's been odd to me, we, we do a lot of uh, lunch and learns and, and uh, webinars that are aimed at architects. And I guess I've, I've been a little bit surprised in a lot of cases, the finish is not that big a deal for them. It, it's, you know, they, they're more into designing the building and, uh, and you know, getting the structure right than uh, the, the, the finish or the coding can, can almost be an afterthought. So I think the idea of working closely with them is something that I can really see as a benefit to them. And, and uh, I mean, you obviously you guys don't want to go in and apply something that uh, to somebody's specification that you know is going to be detrimental to the end uh, the end product. Correct. And painting painting as a whole in, in our industry with general construction, new construction is roughly three to 5% of the entire job. Call it 5% of the $200 million job. It, it's, it's a small percentage. So their focus is on the structural integrity of the building, You know the major components of, of what goes into a building. I get that painting may be a, a little bit of an afterthought, but it's all about time management. So when somebody does go through their specification and inquire about it, it's, it's not a beat on somebody's chest it's to to say I, i've reviewed this and i have concerns about it they might enlighten me too and and i work with a lot of construction engineers because when it gets to a floor polymer it, a lot of times that's direct to owner and they they rightfully hire a third-party consultant or construction engineer at that point and they they're spending money to have the right product they spend the money for correct labor and they want a third party to analyze it because Architects are not supposed to be, I don't know if I need to say that, but architects don't always know the, the, the best means and methods. And that's a broad term used to say this is how we're going to put paint down. But it's more than that. It's monitoring the ambient conditions. It's monitoring the environment that we're working in. It's monitoring the substrate. We see a lot of new substrates out there. We're always building new buildings and new structures and not only new substrates, but we, we have paint that was on that substrate potentially what do we do with that paint? And architects are right in specifying it and they're right in engaging with the right contractor. It always comes down to dollars and cents when we're talking about the, the 3% of a total job, but it also can give that long-term. So when you start talking about that long-term projection and the accuracy of the application, architects, they, they like hearing that, but it takes a little bit to get through the chain of command in a general construction type job site. And I've often seen that after a few conversations with the general contractor, they put me in touch with their architect and we, t we talk. <laughs> they don't want to they don't want to learn about paint. They, Bob, you tell them. And uh, it's an amicable conversation, but uh, I'm a paint nerd, if you will. And, and <laughs> I think it's a good thing. I, you know, in. in architects have to deal with the concerns, the problems with paint. It's always good to talk about the enhancements. It's always good to lead with that. Like, this product, we can enhance its durability by no extra cost by putting this floor polymer on. We do it. Architects need to be part of that conversation because they want it too many times. They get the conversation of, gosh, we really have to use this. We got a better product. And a lot of it because the contractor may not have used it, may not want to put up with it uh, for whatever reason. And it's nice to have somebody walk in the door and say, 
we want to enhance what's going on here. You, you bought a great system. Now let's make it work. Yeah. Now you guys, uh, we, we talk about uh, surface preparation. You, you mentioned something about uh, existing coatings and things like that. So a lot of times it's not just a matter of, uh, you know, blasting to bare steel or uh, and then putting a three-coat system down. Sometimes there's more, a lot more involved with it than, than something like that, right? Absolutely. We do a lot of ACM panels. Um, with the ACM panels, there's a baked-on finish, either an FEVE or a PVDF. And that baked on finish, if there's a problem, there, it's the wrong color. We get wrong colors. We get signs that we need to put up. They might be 20 years old. They still look nice, but it might be an outdated color. So they want a FEVE on there. And we spend a lot of time considering that substrate that nothing wants to stick to. And when nothing wants to stick to, they look to us and say, you, you need to do an SSPC SP3. What the heck does that mean for fluoropolymer? That's for taking off an industrial epoxy and urethane and, and doing mechanical hand tool cleaning. We will look at that and go, well, what you want is an uh, SP2, and this is why we want to break the surface. We want to sand it. We want to remove all the contaminants. And we, we do a lot with uh, soluble salt removers, especially in the Gulf Coast, especially in the Chicago winter area when we're doing storefronts and entryways and so forth. But yeah, we'll do everything from sandblasting. If the coating's coming off, we'll sandblast it. But going back to ACM, if it's a color change, if it's a product that they just want something different on there and we're going to enhance that with them, we need to know that sandblast is not the correct way. Everybody likes to get to a great surface, but that is already a good surface. The the metal, aluminum or steel, is already protective of galvanized or aluminum. Then it already has an epoxy primer, already has a floor polymer on there. So let's build upon that without taking it off. And that's where we get into scuff sanding, just mechanical hand tooling, you know, something along those lines. Though there are some that have to be abrasive blasted off. Well, it's, it's interesting. I, I just think of uh... As I said, I think the painting process, I think, gets a, not doesn't get the credit it's due for making the building uh, the, appear the way it does. You know, the architect that designed it gets the uh, uh, gets the accolades and everything, and uh, when the paint looks good, a lot of times that, that's just not uh, uh, not a major concern, or it's not uh, not something that they look at an awful lot. And but I know. Well, that's right. Yeah. Well, actually, you kind of want them to do that, right? Because at the end of the day, if it looks the same after 20 years, uh, that's the goal. You don't want someone looking at that and having to talk about something like, gee, this color is a little uh, uh, different from what we started with, right? Exactly. Because otherwise, it's going to be blame on a predecessor. Oh, why didn't that guy, why did he do this? Why did he do that? There was a job Harkening back to your earlier question, NBC Towers in Chicago, roughly a 50-story building. And, you know, that, that job, the architect was so involved with picking the colors, picking the products. And we had to audition. And, and there was three contractors went in. We had to audition for the right process. They really got into the nitty-gritty. And when I auditioned, all of a sudden it went from a – it was an open book on what we wanted to apply – all of a sudden now it's a fluoropolymer and that's what that job went with. Uh, my company did not get that job, but I was very happy that I pushed for an FEVE and we got fluoropolymer on there. Another company 
put it on. And everything I've told you up to this point is do it specific. Make sure you, you extend the life of it. And lo and behold, 10 years later, that product still looks fantastic. You know, a new individual, a new contractor was able to figure it out. He was able to put it on well. And still into this day, here's an architect who's so involved with the process of understanding, understanding why are we going to do this? Why do we want this? And um, another contractor built a better mousetrap. God bless him for it. Um, and I'm just glad that my recommendation still stays. And um, the, the contractor did a nice job. And it's still, NBC Tower is a great looking job right now. still and yet. Do you get, do you get architects that... Uh... Will could they continue to specify the FEVE because of the work you've done with them? Yeah, the unfortunate thing is FEVE works too good. So once I paint a building, I don't get to paint it again. And you know, I tongue in cheek, but it's true. We have to keep inventing more customers. You have to continue the pipeline because what you what you painted is already done. So I don't know if it's being asked of architects that much that they keep it in mind. And, and there's always going back to what I told you, I, I like having a point person, a point team in place. And I'm not sure that's always available because of rotation and changing of, of jobs on the architectural industry. So I don't, I, I did with the um, Bill Clinton library down in Little Rock, we, we had a ton of traction. I think I did four or five jobs in, uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas, because of that job and, and because of the architect. But um that's pretty rare. I, I see it more with construction engineers that are in the nitty gritty and they've they've seen firsthand the nuances and the uniqueness of the product. And my gosh, it works beautifully. So, you know, I get it more from construction engineers and definitely from general contractors asking me to bid work. Uh, it's funny because I'm now known as that paint guy. You know, call, call the don't you guys have a paint guy even in turn? Um, at our company here, we have a very good customer call one, you know, his point person, project manager and say, don't you have a guy that knows about Kynars? <laughs> and that's fantastic. That's what we want everybody to know. And and that's where, you know, we, we need to continue educating for the floor polymer because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not widely known. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do the best we can to get out and, uh, um, try to get that architectural uh, industry to understand what the products can do. We've seen some, uh, we've seen add on business. Uh, we've seen some architects on the powder coating side uh, that uh, once they've done a project, they become firm believers in the, in the technology. And there actually are some architects that uh, will not specify liquid uh, extrusion coatings anymore. Uh, they they specify fluoropolymer now and uh, FEVE uh, powder coatings. So I was just curious. There's some, it sounds like there can be an effect, uh, maybe not as big as we see in the pre-applied or the pre-coated parts. We're, we're seeing more of it now when we're seeing it in the elevated water storage tank industry. It's especially because of the great colors that they're putting on. It's a marketing tool or a vision tool that they use to build camaraderie within the community to see a, a, a decal. It's not the same. It, it fails. The vinyl will tear off. And it, it, you want the, they spend so much time putting a zinc and an epoxy on there. They blasted it. They, a lot of times they got rid of the lead on the exterior of it. And they, all this labor that goes into it, $800,000. If it's 820000 because of a, an upcharge for a fluoropolymer, 
and it can last 25 to 30 years. It's a solid investment for the community. The communities, we develop a, a tri-council development fund in Illinois that is a group of people that solicit exactly going after high elevated water tanks and, and doing it in a professional way with applicators as well as the coatings. And those are mostly construction engineers that are going out and again, they're doing the evaluations and making sure the film thicknesses are proper and verifying ambient conditions. So those engineers have seen the uniqueness of it. They've seen that uh, uh, there's a purple in Lombard, Illinois, on a, a, because of Lilacia Park where they grow all these lilac trees. And it's a very difficult uh, purple. And I've seen it now for 12 to 15 years and it's fantastic in color. It held up very, very well. So for that, that there's a whole industry that has gone to the floor polymers. I, I think more, more times than not, I think some of the manufacturing facilities on exterior facades could use it more so because they're in a heavy industrial environment, but they also are so heavy industrial that they need more routine maintenance. And so they will put a lesser grade product knowing that they can repaint it again. Bob, I, I thank you for coming in today. Uh, this was really eye-opening for me, and I hope it is for some of the people listening to it. Um, uh, as I said, a lot of times the uh, the contractor gets overlooked in the specification process and things like that, but uh, you guys are involved early on and, and uh, throughout the whole process, and uh, I think that's great. It ensures a uh, uh, great uh, application of the product and uh, that the finish is going to be looking good for a long time. Uh, but I appreciate you coming, and, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you around uh, the, uh, the industry in the, day, uh, the next couple of years as well. Fantastic, Wynn. It's been a pleasure to talk to you once again, and wish everybody well, and I'll see you out in the field. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you, Bob. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to our podcast, In the Mix. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe. To catch all the latest from Lumaflon, you can visit our website at lumaflonusa.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Lumaflon USA. Thanks again. See you next time.